Hey everybody, welcome back to another Tuesday Tips, brought to you by Hunt Lifted Official. I'm Carter, and I'm here with the boys, I'm here with Perry and Evan, once again. Oh yeah. What's up, What's up guys? I much the last time, the last time we did a Tips episode, the three of us, uh, I was down in, uh, in Fayetteville at Evan's house, and we were talking shooting. And oh, this week, yeah. Yeah, we this were. week we're doing a completely different topic, but pumped. We recorded yeah. that in my shed, I believe, right? Smoking some cigars. That's we right. did. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Always a good time having the Eisner boys on. <laughs> Glad right. to be on. Yeah, heck yeah. Let's jump right into it. Um, you guys have been doing some lane management, and this is kind of a cool time of year to be doing a lot of lane management for your properties, your hunting properties, because uh, deer season's over, so you can kind of be a little more intrusive um and really see the property before the foliage has come back maybe explore some areas you don't normally explore during season or as season approaches we got turkey season six weeks away here in georgia um so you can explore foliage is down and uh it's kind of the time to work and get some groundwork laid for fall deer season right we've, we've already got it on the mind i know you guys both definitely do so um Perry, why don't you, you know, give us uh, a tip and kind of walk us through a strategy that you can do in early, late winter, early spring this time of year. Yeah, so you're exactly right. This is a great time of year for, for land management. Um, Evan and I have a running list, obviously, of of tasks, off-season tasks that we want to get accomplished as soon as uh, deer season closes down and before turkey season starts. So, one of the things that we have been emphasizing um, the past few years, trying to do as much as possible and whenever makes sense, is frost seeding. Um, we've talked about frost seeding before, Carter, but it's one of those things that this is the right time of year and it, it merits bringing back up. So um, I think I think I've mentioned before on past episodes. I'll just reiterate it again quickly. We have a we're kind of in the middle of an ongoing timber operation. Uh, on our family farm right now and that has thrown a bit of a wrench into a lot of our food plot plans um, so there's areas that that really don't make a whole lot of sense to put effort into right now because they're going to be disturbed with um, forestry activities later this spring and summer um, but that being said there are areas where we can um, where they're not cutting timber and where we can do frost seeding frost seeding is great because it's very um, it, it doesn't require like a whole lot of ground prep um, it's very cheap um, all you really need is a a cedar and the clover seed itself um, typically clover works best for frost seeding because smaller seeds um, wind up working their way down into the soil much better much more efficiently than larger seeds um, the way it works is you're actually using the frost heave of the soil so where it freezes at night and then um, contracts and then expands during the day when the temperature rises that that shrink swell is called frost heave and you're taking advantage of the of that because when that happens the seeds are um, working their way down into the soil and so you don't actually have to do um, a lot of soil prep with tillage uh, cultipacker etc um, so that's the reason why smaller seeds work is because they are more easily kind of get down into the little the gaps and the holes in the soil when that frost heave is occurring um, 
So clover works really well for that. There are some other seeds out there that do fine, but clover is what we do primarily. So um, you can do this over top of bare soil. You can do this over top of, of grass or other food plots. Um, the existing vegetation doesn't really matter. You don't want a bunch of leaf material or anything that was super thick because you still need that seed to soil contact. But the frost heave, etc., will accomplish a lot of that if you get those good cold nights. Ideally, you're aiming for nights that should be down well into the 20s. Um, and then days following that, they should be well up into the 40s. So those, those cool, um, high-pressure systems with warm days and cold nights are, are perfect. Um, and, yeah, that's something we've been doing the past few years. Uh, again, it's cheap. It's easy. Go out there, spread some clover seed, and... If you use perennial white clover, the advantage of that is um, you can seed it now. You know, you're not going to get the germination rates that you would if you're doing a prepared seed bed. Um, but you do it a couple years, especially with perennial clovers, and they come back year after year. Here's a hot tip for you. Buck Fever Seed Company, use their quick start clover mix. That shit that's what we, Did you? That's, we what, yep. that's what Evan just nice. spread, man. Hell yeah. I bought, I bought some of that Jeff. stuff. Yep, I bought that stuff from Jeff after we did our last episode with him, Carter. And, nice. Um, Evan put that out there this weekend, actually. Heck yeah. That's yeah. way cool. Yeah, and that's a that's a good segue for me to jump in. So kind of piggybacking yeah. off of uh, what Perry's been saying. And I, Perry, I'm glad you said, you know, there's not a whole lot of soil prep. But I will say, um, like one of the plots that I planted this past weekend had a lot of hardwood or had a lot of leaves on it from the surrounding hardwoods. It's, we call it the horse bones plot because it's this, uh, ridge top opening clearing that has been there since, you know, long before our times we were born. And it's where they, uh, our grandfather used to bring anytime a horse died or a cow died, they, he would bring it up there. There's like a big rock up there and all that. So that came to horse bones plot anyway, surrounded by, uh, a bunch of hardwoods there was a lot of leaf uh fall there still on there so it it doesn't take a lot of soil prep necessarily however if you are planting in a place that has a lot of pine straw on the ground or a lot of um leaves that have fallen you do want to get those out of the way because you're not going to get good soil to soil contact even with that frost heave that perry talked about so if you don't have a leaf blower you know if you have a leaf blower i use a leaf blower um, just blow the leaves out. If you don't, you know, good old fashioned manual labor, grab a rake. Most people have a rake that's going to do this, but to, to Perry's point, you can do all of this very cheaply. You know, the cost of the clover and you can even broadcast by hand. You don't even have to have a seed spreader. You know, if you're really on a tight budget and you got 50 bucks and you want to spend that 50 bucks on your seed, then get a damn rake and rake the leaves away and then broadcast it by hand again you're you're, you're gonna not going to get as good of returns but the whole thing is you know you can do this in steps you can do it gradually do what your budget can afford so perry and i kind of modified our strategy here um we had several phone conversations and you know perry and i neither one of us live on this farm so you know i'm three and a half hours away perry's almost two hours away so we are constantly for these work weekends, these off-season work weekends we have, we're monitoring weather and we're planning a lot of what we're going to be doing based off of weather in the current season. And so right now it's a great time to do controlled burns and some frost seeding and stuff like that. Looking at the weather, it was going to be cold, but it was also kind of wet. And Perry had invested in a um, 
him and I both have ATVs, and he invested in Pull Behind Harrows and a Colt Packer for the ATV. Oh, um, nice. Nice one. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're really, you know, if you do have an ATV, again, depending on what your budget is, it's a, it's a great tool to have the last your lifetime, you know? And so Perry and I talked about it and I told him and I'm like, well, what if I just harrow it? Um, and basically what a harrow is, for those of you who don't know, it's a metal drag you pull behind your full oil and it has like these little teeth or claws on it that as you drag it, it just disturbs the surface of the oil or oil soil. And that way, when you broadcast your seed, you are getting a better seed to uh, soil contact. And so you're just increasing your odds of germination, you know, even if it's 20%, that's another 20%, right? Um, and so one of the plots that we decided to do, it's at our mom's place. And so this place, the listeners are probably, you know, if you follow along, have heard us talk about this place. It's not the kind of place we want to spend a whole lot of money. It's a smaller track um, and it's surrounded by hunters and hunters that are not selective in their harvest, their, their kills, you know, they'll, they'll kill basically whatever moves. We have one guy, you know, he likes to kill big bucks, but it's just not a place we're going to dump hundreds of dollars into um, cultivating big trophy deer because we're not going to get them there because it's 30 some acres and we're surrounded by people that are not selective. Right. However, um, there's a lot of pines on this land. There's a ton of deer. And so Perry and I were just brainstorming, like what are ways we can get deer to hold on this property at basically low cost. And what we were talking about is just, um, a good food source because there's bedding all over the area. There's cover in the surrounding areas and there's honestly good food in the areas. And like I say, the deer population is so heavy there. We just, there's a, this clearing underneath the power line. We just talked about, and we actually hunted there and uh, I, I had good success there. I think I killed three deer from that little spot this year. Um, we just talked about putting out some clover, you know, and if we, like what Perry's talking about, if we just over the next two years, just put out some perennial clover, it'll start naturally just becoming its own food source, you know, with very low maintenance, very low management, because a lot of the things that grow there are not optimal for browse or anything. And deer don't really hang out there. They might travel through, but it's not a place that you're going to consistently um, necessarily, it's not going to be a destination point for them. So basically what I did is went out there, drove it with the harrow, um, and then came back in with the uh, seed, broadcasted the seed, and then ran over with the cultipacker. And all the cultipacker does is just smash it down into the ground. Um, and then at our other plot over on Peach Bottom, where we do, you know, uh, manage um, mature deer, mature bucks, um, I, there was a lot of hardwoods. So I, I, I drug it with a harrow and then um, went in and actually, the reason I drug it with the harrow first is it, it'll knock some of that dead grass and stuff that's there off too. Then I used the leaf blower. The leaf blower was the longest part, blowing all the leaves and all that um, that heavy, I don't even know what you would call it, not Bench. foliage. Yeah, there you go, off of it. So then I had a nice clean surface. Then I took the harrow back across. And I actually took some cool time-lapse videos of this. Um, so Luke will have content. He said he's going to post that stuff later so people can will be able to see that as a follow-up to this tips episode. And then went and seeded it and then cultipacked it. And, you know, I, I spent... I think everything, you know, a few hours for two plots and, and very worth it. We're both, Barry and I are both pretty excited to see the, see the results of that. Um, and for a lot of you listeners, another thing behind Perry and I's thought process, right? Uh, and, and here's another little tip is for the reason we're doing, well, because, you know, I was actually talking to a guy I work with and he's like, why are you, why are you doing plots this time of year? And what I told him is I was like, if you can, if you can create a destination, a destination place 
from the start of the growing season until the fall, you're patterning those deer. You know, every, deer's pattern will change based off the seasons as any hunter knows, right? But if you get those deer accustomed to coming to a place and you keep a viable food source there, you're just increasing your odds of having success. And not to mention, if you get a good growth, like we're not spending a lot of money on manicured, you know, brassica plots and things of that nature. All we're trying to do is get good clover in there that will basically regenerate itself. And then we can add to over the years. And it just becomes a, almost like a self-sustaining thing with very minimal, very minimal work. Uh, the last tip I have uh, is Perry and I discussed when we were broadcasting the clover because there is a chance this stuff could germinate early, right? Like um, there's been some warm days we've had. And if it does, we don't want it to get browsed hard because if you do get that young growth clover, especially late winter, early spring, it's going to be a great food source for the deer. But if they hit it super hard, then they're just going to eat it back. So what we did is we threw out some rye, just some annual rye in there that deer will love too, that grows a lot faster than the clover. clover. And basically what that does is kind of substantiate or, or add, it adds a little bit of variety that that rye will come up faster give the deer something to browse on and just give more opportunity there um, for deer to grow. And rye is super cheap. We bought five pounds of rye at the local feed store um, with 200 pounds of lime to throw out on one of the plots. And it was $35. So just for listeners to have an understanding of how cheap this can be. I mean, 200 pounds of lime for about a, what, a quarter acre plot there at Mom's Perry and five pounds of five pounds of rye to um supplement the clover 35 bucks you know so that's that kind of sums up my tips there carter it's affordable man and everybody should be doing yep. it <clears throat> easy just a little elbow grease right yeah, yeah and, and and as as evan said in places where you're not going to be doing like full-on soil prep you know throwing the throwing the tractor and the the uh the tiller at it in the fall having having some clover get started now is you, you're fixing nitrogen you're adding a food source that's going to be there in the spring when they you know when when uh, they're coming out of the hard winter conditions it's there's a lot of benefits to it and um just quickly before we before we close this one one last thought that this was actually a goal that evan and i've had for the past well for a couple of weekends here recently and it hasn't happened due to weather but another great Another great land management activity that you guys can consider for this time of year is prescribed fire. Um, we've got a couple little areas identified on the family farm there where we've been wanting to do some burns. We've got some invasive um, barberry bushes that are coming in. We want to open up the uh, the understory a little bit, um, try to get some better browse on those areas. They're areas where deer pass through regularly, where they have a lot of good cover, but not a whole lot of food. And so, um, again, it's a great time of year to do prescribed fire. Um, you're going to, you're going to consume a lot of the fuels from the leaf litter and the dead stuff that's accumulated there. Um, and you can create a lot of that good early season browse coming out of the harsh winter conditions. Um, as you, as you start to approach that, that spring green up here in March and April. Um, so that's, that's kind of our next big goal for us on, uh, on the family farm and see if we can find a, a day or two, get the right conditions, right wind. And, uh, it's been so damn wet here past few weeks. Um, but if we can get that, that's going to be the next, the next big goal is 
try to do a little bit of burning, which I'm looking forward to because that shit's fun. <laughs> it is. Stresses me out, man. I, I would need somebody a little experienced around to help with a prescribed burn like that. There's we've we uh we actually cut in some good some good fire breaks. That's you know that's a big part of it. So if you're gonna burn, like do it the right way, right? Don't just yeah. go out there and strike a match um, with the you know light a drip torch. Like have your fire breaks. Have have some hand, you know have some guys on hand. A couple extra sets of hands. Um, Edwin was up there by himself this weekend, and it just you know didn't make sense to try to do it by himself with the windy conditions they had. But um, we got our fire breaks in. I'm sure we'll have to touch them up because it's been a few weeks. Um, but done correctly with a little bit of intentionality, it, it's, you know, most of the time it's very safe. If you don't have experience with it, um, certainly, you know, try to try to maybe help someone who does have experience. I wouldn't say just go set the world on fire, obviously, um, for the first time with no experience. But it's, uh, it's a great tool. It's cheap, just like frost eating. It's time of year. Like, you don't have to spend a lot of, a lot of money. Like I said, a little bit of elbow grease. You can you can make some gains on your property. Perfect. Well, appreciate it, guys. I'm excited to uh, see the fruits of your labor, especially with turkey yeah. season coming up, man. So, same. I think we're gonna throw out some cell cams on these plots that we just put out to try and monitor the germination and the activity we're getting on these early season plots. So, we'll see. We'll keep you posted. Hell yeah! Well, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, Listeners, man. as always, we appreciate the hell of you guys. We'll talk to you next week.